Changing careers is exhausting. I know this because I've done it before. Okay, story time. Before I became a journalist in 2017, I was an accountant. (laughs) Yeah, I have a master's degree in finance, accounting and management. I spent many of my days in front of a laptop, holed up in a class-like setting at work, crunching numbers, balancing Excel sheets and imputing data. I'm sure there are accountants who love their jobs and I'm happy for them, but I found it repetitive and unexciting. It wasn't for me. So I quit to do what I love, journalism and storytelling. Quitting was actually easy, but you see reinventing myself, that was the hard part. I came to a nerve-wracking realization that I didn't have the skill set required to be the type of storyteller I wanted to be. So I started from scratch, studying the journalists that I admired, taking courses in writing and editing, reading the type of essays I wanted to write, and most importantly, asking questions. Oh my God, I asked a ton of questions. And after many, many months of trying and failing, I finally got my first byline for Al Jazeera in December 2017. And the rest, they say, is history. Today's story is similar to mine, but with much more complex layers. And it's much more interesting, to be honest. Uh, my name is Timtope Fatima. I live in Scotland. I'm a nursing student and I work as a nursing assistant or as a healthcare support worker or a healthcare assistant. Fatima is my friend. I'm going to call her Fatih for the rest of this episode because that's what I'm used to calling her. Over the course of Fatih's adult life, she has taken on multiple jobs, some of them in completely different fields from what she's familiar with. She's been a writer, a social media manager, a journalist, a teacher, a communications executive. And as you heard in her intro, right now, she's studying to be a nurse. This episode is about Fatih's multiple careers. What is the consequence of constantly switching jobs? What does it mean to have to reinvent yourself over and over again, especially as an African woman in today's world? Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin, and I like girls. This is a narrative storytelling podcast about African women and the different experiences life throws at us for being women. So I grew up in um, Oregon, Lagos, and I was the seventh child in the house. So, (laughs) but I had a very good relationship with everybody, my siblings, and they used to call me questionnaire when I was younger because I asked a lot of questions. Fatih still asks a lot of questions. (laughs) She's a very curious person. When she was in secondary school in Ogun State, Nigeria, she excelled in English-related courses. So um, in secondary school, I joined the press club in GSS2. I think I was the youngest person then. So I used to write, I used to write um, different articles for the notice board. Um, it would be approved by the teacher in charge of press co- club and it would go on the notice board. I also used to give speeches for the school, like impromptu speeches, regular speeches and debates. I used to do those a lot, but I wanted to go into writing and journalism. 
A year before she graduated secondary school, she got an award for being the school's best writer. So from a young age, it was obvious that being a writer or editor was stamped in her future. So it's no surprise that in 2009, she got admission to study English language at the University of Lagos. She graduated in 2012, took up a job as an English teacher at some college of science for about a year. And then she enrolled for a master's degree in English literature at the University of Lagos. But let's fast forward to 2016 when she bagged her MA in English literature. So after I graduated, um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to the editor-in-chief of Pulse on Twitter and see. So I reached out to Osagi and um, he asked me to come to Pulse. We spoke for some time and then he told me, okay, I should go and resume uh, that. Okay, no problem. For context, Pulse is arguably one of the biggest online publications in Nigeria. Osage, who she references, was the editor-in-chief of Pulse at the time. I just DM'd him, and then he said he was going to phone me. So I waited for that mm. for a long time. I think he never got through. But he just said I should come to Pulse. Then he interviewed me. So I told him about all the things I had done leading to that point. And that's how I got hired. So her first major job after uni was as an associate writer with one of the biggest publications in Nigeria. And she got in by taking a leap, you know, sending a cold message to the editor-in-chief on social media. I don't know about you, but to me, that's pretty impressive. But give me a sense of what the role was like. Like, what, was, what were your specific tasks? And personally, did you like it? Was it something you were feeling? Mm-hmm. I didn't particularly like it so much because there was not a lot of creativity I just had to turn out mm. a number of articles per day. It was mechanical. I understand the problem that she's describing. It happens in a lot of big newsrooms. You're tasked with churning out so many articles or stories in a day that you don't have the time to explore different writing styles or formats. In Fatih's case, she has to publish between 10 to 15 stories in one day. There was no time or opportunity to explore new ways of writing. So, even though she was working in the media space like she always wanted to, she quickly found it boring and unimaginative. And after 10 months, at the end of 2016, she moved on from Pulse. She spent the rest of that year taking up freelance gigs with other news publications. Then, in 2017, she started aggressively job hunting. So, in, in any case, I got this job. I uh, was supposed to be doing social media. Travel agency. Yeah. Uh, for the travel agency, like they do Umrah and Hajj. Mm. But this, like, as I started the job, I realized that it was not, it was very bad place to work because the woman did not respect her staff. As in, She's, what, what do you mean respect? She She spoke to them anyhow. Hmm. That was not my experience anyway, but I could not, I could not, I knew I could not stay for long in that place. So she did not respect her staff. She used to send them on personal errands. Okay, hold on. Let me explain how Fatih went from working as a writer, like we all knew she was going to, to somehow working at this travel agency as a social media manager at the start of 2017. So... As a graduate of English and English literature, Fatih has a lot of skills. She can excel as an English teacher, a writer, an editor, a communications advisor, and even a social media manager. So when applying for jobs, she doesn't box herself into a corner. She says she simply applies for any role that remotely fits her skill set. 
So for this travel agency, she knew she'd be great at managing their social media pages. So she applied and got the job. But as you heard, it wasn't really a great place to work. Because then her staff to her tailor, she was she was sending them to print stuff, print flyers and stuff that don't have anything to do with the business. She wasn't ready to take direction and advice. She wasn't ready to, she, okay, bring this money, let's do this thing. Nope. Do, 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 do. No. She just did not, it was very difficult. Like, I couldn't even do my job because she just did what she wanted. Yeah, that sounds like the ghetto. This woman didn't allow Fatih to do her job. She rejected a lot of her ideas and was generally inflexible. It wasn't long before Fatih realized that she had to get out of there. So, in regular Fatih fashion, she started job hunting again. And four months later, she found a new gig with a PR company in Lagos, Nigeria. She worked as a communications associate. But, pause. So far, if you've been counting, you'll notice that Fatih has switched jobs three times in two years already. I find this interesting. This ability to quit and switch from a job she doesn't like or find challenging. She seems to have this superpower of getting up, filling applications, writing cover letters, tweaking her CV, and going for interviews. Anyone who has experienced job hunting knows that that's exhausting. Fatih makes it seem effortless. And as our chat progressed, I kept wondering, how was she able to stop and start over and over? Was she not exhausted? I found the answer as we talked more, and we'll get there as this episode progresses. I just couldn't keep that thought to myself. So Fatih eventually left this job where she worked as a communications associate. She freelanced for a bit, and at the end of 2017, she took a trip to Ghana, you know, to chill. That trip changed a lot of things for her. For starters, she realized she didn't like Lagos as much as she thought she did. I enjoyed Accra. I wanted to get a job in Accra. <laughs> but uh, what? what I learned was that it's not so easy as a non-Ghanian. Like, it's not so easy. Yeah. But me, I was see, as I just went to that Accra like this, Aisha, I didn't want to go back to Lagos. Your mind was already there. Yeah, yeah, I see. I did not want to go back to Lagos. And then I had this girl that was like a younger friend of mine in uni. She's a very nice girl, very lovely girl, but she's younger than me, but we just had a good friendship over the years. And she was working in Abuja. She, right after she finished uni, she was a teacher. Mm. So she was working in Abuja. She was Mm. working in Abuja. She was teaching in Abuja. So um, while I was in Accra, she told me they're looking for teachers in her school. I said, I will do it. So Fatih immediately offered to interview for the teaching role at the primary school. I asked her if her willingness to do this was because she desperately needed a job or because she thinks she's a good teacher. She said it was both. She had teaching experience from that one year she taught after her BA. Plus, she'd be teaching English, her specialty. So starting over in Abuja, Nigeria's capital city, was not as scary for her. Plus, remember, she was already sick of Lagos. And what was the move like? Just like you adapting, or do you feel like there was not so much adapting to do? We are still in Nigeria now. We are still in Nigeria, so I just packed my kaya. But it's not the same city now. Okay. It's not the same, but me, I, well, I did not like Lagos again. You see that Accra that I went to? Maybe not like Lagos. <laughs> so, I did not like Lagos again. Oh. 
Like, I didn't like Lagos again. I didn't want to stay in Lagos again. It's hilarious hearing myself laugh like that now. And I'm glad I was able to laugh about it because moving to Abuja was definitely harder than Fatih let on. She moved away from safe accommodation at home in Lagos to staying in the school's dorm room with students in Abuja. It was a really fast move, so she didn't have a lot of time to settle in. She also didn't have the money required to get a decent apartment within town. Sometimes, that's an unplanned consequence of getting a new job. So I'm like, this is, this is rubbish. That school was terrible. It was just, I'm like, please let me start looking for another job. This place cannot be mine. So how long did you stay in this, in this school? January to March. January to March. To be honest, the details of why Fatih only stayed three months in this school are not relevant to the episode. But part of it was because she was staying in the dorms with kids and the school gave her a curfew. <laughs> and as an adult, that's crazy. So she immediately knew she had to leave and find somewhere else. That's yet another consequence of switching jobs quickly. Sometimes you don't have the bandwidth to properly inquire or research about what you're getting into. So anyway, fast forward to May 2018. She found another teaching job in a Muslim secondary school in Abuja. It was a really good one. She stayed on as their English teacher for a year, till 2019, when she got pregnant with twins. Yeah, things kind of changed then. Her journey to finding new work and reinventing herself took a different kind of turn. More on that after the break. Welcome back. So Fatih really liked this teaching job. The kids liked her too. But when she had her twin babies, it became impossible to work and cater to two children at the same time. Of course, her career had to take a back seat. The only time I started breathing was when they started school, when they started crash. Not really crash. Yeah. Um, what do they call it? I can't remember what they call it. But they care. Sha. Oh, not really. Oh, play good, play good. No, no, no. Pre nursery, yes, pre nursery. Thank you. Pre nursery. So they started pre nursery. That was when, aha, I could breathe. But the only thing is that just that period, you know, no matter how busy I am with the children, I still would find, I would still have time to like press my phone. So that period, I sold anything I could sell. Yeah. Especially during when COVID came, I sold wipes, um, this. Um, disinfectant wipes, sanitizers, masks. I sold those like for kind of like s- small business type of things to at least have something yeah, doing and get money. Months. Yeah, I sold those for months, wholesale and retail. So I sold those for months, and anywhere I see a business opportunity, I would just try and choke my head and do it. Fatty basically had to find new and innovative ways to make money. It was really tricky for her to go from someone who was always working to not having a nine-to-five job. Of course, she was happy to stay at home and take care of her kids. But as someone who has always been independent and has always worked for her money, it felt strange to stay at home without earning much. When my husband would give me money them like this, I would not even think twice before I use it to do something that money is supposed to be for myself. I would just, because I just used to feel like, "Ah, this man, he's the only one just going every day, going in the money, coming back at night, you know. So I used to feel guilty to spend money. The, the guy would give me money like, okay, you take this one for yourself, keep this one for yourself. After he has sorted everything that needs sorting, all right? But no, when he just give me money like this, I went to motor and go to markets 
I'll go and buy things for the children. I get what she's saying. She was no longer contributing, at least not as much, to the family unit financially. So she felt extremely guilty to spend money on herself. She'd always buy things for the house and for the twins, but never for herself. She had been plunged into this new dynamic where she couldn't seek the kind of work she was used to and earn, well, what she wanted. It's a hard place to be in. But when the children started school, Mm -hmm. yeah, I could now breathe easy. So my husband was saying that, okay, what do I want to do so that? And what do I need him to do? So Fatih had a new task, right? She had to figure out the model of reinventions. She needed to decide what job to take on. And not just any job, the one that would give her time to be a mother, as well as excel in her career. So while I was still thinking of what to do next, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to have a business or if I'm going to look for a paid employment, um, Mm. October... October 2020 happened and I'm like, yeah. In October 2020, massive protests happened across many cities in Nigeria. Young people were protesting against a controversial police unit known as the Special Anti-Robbery Squad or SARS. And trigger warning here, because SARS is notorious for kidnapping, harassing, extorting, and murdering innocent Nigerians, particularly young people. Throughout the protest, many young Nigerians were killed, arrested, and kidnapped by security forces. At the toll gate in Lekki, Lagos, security forces, including the Nigerian army, fired live rounds on unarmed protesters, killing and wounding dozens. Ambulances were also prevented from entering the sites to help wounded protesters. That night was total chaos. It traumatized many Nigerians. Personally, I'm yet to recover. That day, that day, I just, I cried overnight. Mm -hmm. Like, two children. In this lungu. Yeah. Do you understand? Mm. Yes, I do. That night of the shooting at the toll gate, it really hit Fatty that whatever decision she made about work, it had to be in another country with better laws or at least better accountability. She needed to be able to protect her children from being murdered by their country. So she went back to the drawing board. She started thinking about what she's good at, the things she cares about, and... It finally hit her. Now, my two teaching jobs, I've had special education needs students. When I was in the okay. primary school, I had a, I had two two pupils in my class who had autism. And there was one of them who was, he was the best speller in the class. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. could spell as well as him. But, you know, it was just still so challenging because... In Nigeria, where you have a child that has special education needs, they have to then fit themselves into the school's mode. The school doesn't work around their needs. They work around the school's needs. So Fati became super aware that kids with special needs didn't get as much care and attention they required, at least not in Nigeria. She thought, what career can I pursue that will allow me to work with these kids and make life chill for them? mental health nursing so i applied when i applied they invited me for an interview 
So I, we did the interview. They asked some questions about our experience. They asked some questions about a case study, which I answered. And then afterwards, they sent me my um, unconditional. After going through the admission process, she got an unconditional offer to study mental health nursing at the University of Dundee. Let's take a step back to really take this in because she says it so casually that it's easy to miss the work and determination that it took to pull this off. This is different from Fatih applying to another job in Lagos or Nigeria. It's also in Scotland, very far from home and what she's used to. This is starting over, getting a new degree in an alien field, in a foreign country, without a lot of money, and with two kids. It was not easy. We came before the twins even clocked two years. So wow. we came and we had to look for accommodation. I didn't, at first, I didn't get accommodation. I was living in Aberdeen. I first stayed with a friend of a friend and... They were so nice mm. to us, took care of the twins, took care. Like, they were really nice. Then we got a place in Aberdeen as well. We stayed there for some mm. time before we now finally moved here. And so it was not easy, especially with the children being so small. I couldn't afford to put them in, um, in nursery because nursery was upward of about £45 a full day for one child. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So Fati got a lot of support from her husband as well as her friends and family when it was time to move to Scotland. She credits a lot of her successes to having a supportive partner. It also helps that she was super excited about going back to school. So the role of the mental health nurse is to support patients with all of their mental health needs. You know how to de-escalate a patient when they are like, you know, having intense emotional breakdown, you provide support to them, you teach them if the patient can be managed at home, you teach them what they can do, grounding techniques right. to manage their anxiety. If they have to be managed in the hospital, you build a therapeutic relationship with them. It's a lot of work, but if there's anything we know about Fatih by now, it's that once she puts her mind to something, she gets it done. She's doing okay now. I mean, it took a while for her to get over the little things like the cold weather and how it's chips and not fries and nappies, not diapers in the UK. And how unlike in many places in Africa, you can just call people by their first names without saying Mr. or Auntie or <laughs> Big Mommy. She's currently in her second year of nursing. She also works part-time as a healthcare support worker. Yeah, we assist the nursing delivering patient care. There's some things that a healthcare assistants cannot do you cannot give medication you cannot give injection mm -hmm. but you can if you do if you do the training you can do bloods you can do blood right. you can insert the vein flown but you cannot connect the infusion to it so that's if you've done the training in any case things got a bit technical for me there but the super summary is that as a healthcare support worker under the supervision of a healthcare professional your job is to work to provide care and help patients get back to full health you make them yeah. tea. Part of a nurse's job is making tea. I did not know that before I came here. So you have to make a good cup of I'm tea. British people love tea. Yes. You have to make a good cup of tea. You try to make your patient and their family very comfortable. You make your patient and their family mm. comfortable. It took a while to get used to, and it definitely wasn't a walk in the park. But Fatty managed to pull off one of the biggest heists in her adult life. I mean... 
a nursing student working in healthcare, raising kids and living in a different country. That is the mother of reinvention. I asked her how she's able to make really tough decisions about her career. She says she's not sure. She's always just been adventurous and curious. Yeah. So if you want to change your career, if you want to change anything, just go for it. You're either going to succeed or you will not. But if you don't do it at all, you won't succeed. Like, if you try, Mm. if you try, you can either do it or you won't. But if you don't try at all, the answer is no. Because it even gives you a chance. Exactly. So the answer will remain no. Fatih's mantra is to be shameless, literally. When it comes to pursuing dreams and jobs, she believes in shamelessly going for it. Like when she shot her shot via that direct message at Osage, the former editor-in-chief at Pulse Nigeria, a decision that landed her a job. Or when she applied for multiple random jobs because she believed she had the skill set required to push through those jobs. Oh, what's about the time she woke up on a random day and decided the path to go was to become a nurse? <laughs> so me, I believe like, so far it is human beings that are in a place doing something. Then you can do it too. Like for me, yeah. changing your career, changing your education, this thing. Because I remember in my statement of purpose when I applied for this course, mm-hmm. I detailed the things I had done before. And I'm like, this is just the next, this is just the next progression for me in my education and career. Mm-hmm. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not so disjointed. Like yeah. it kind of follows. So, but even if it is disjointed, like because in my class, there are people who were in the banking industry before. There are people who were in a different medical line before. Mm-hmm. So it all just, just depends. You can do it if it is something that has been done. Even if it's not something that has been done, you might be the first to do it. You can do it if it's something that has been done before. And even if it's something that hasn't been done, you might be the first to do it. That's very well said. Let's take a quick break. I'll wrap up the episode after that. Welcome back. I've not done the same thing for two years straight. There's nothing I've done for that long. I just make a change. Like, if you want to, you can try. To be completely honest, Fatih has inspired me to take up new challenges and try new things. I have so many aspirations that I've been pushing aside because what if I feel? Because I don't think I have enough money for it or because starting over is scary. But what if I try and actually succeed? That's something to think about. So <laughs> Fatih and I talked for two hours and as we wrapped up our conversation, she told me something that has helped her navigate different jobs and roles, including the one she currently has ask people for help you ask for guidance you ask for assistance you ask for information just ask keep asking and it's good to ask because you know the number of things that shame has taken away from us sometimes you're like ah i'm too ashamed to ask but like yeah we've lost so many things because we are too ashamed do you know like i know the number of things i've gotten just by asking you can't shame the shameless no (laughs) remember what i said about practicing shamelessness yeah, I know that there'll be people who find Fatih's choices reckless. Like, why is she switching jobs so much? To be honest, 
in a world where women aren't allowed to pursue their dreams or make mistakes, at least in comparison to their male counterparts, I'm very happy to see women like Fatih continuously try and switch till they find what works best, till they are able to stick with something they find exciting and stable. When it comes to existing as a woman, especially in your career, there should be no strict rules. So I'm lifting up my wine glass and cheering women to a life of exploring, of applying, of trying, to a life of shamelessness. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Like Girls. I Like Girls is produced by 27 Productions. If you'd like to get in touch with us, visit ilikegirls.co. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at I Like Girls Gang. Please rate and review I Like Girls on whatever streaming platform you listen to podcasts on. Rating us helps other people to discover the podcast just like you. This episode is produced and written by me, Aisha Salahuddin. Audio engineering is by Daniel Atkins. And our theme music is by Bangs with a double G. The rest of the music that you heard throughout this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. I'll catch you on the next one.